and welcome back to Rank Amateur. Today in Rank Amateur, we are continuing our Japanese battleship charade with the Tier 6 that created Japanese battleship, the Fuso. Uh, a very good ship by basically all measures, so uh, that'll be fun to do. Uh, first, we're going to do uh, World of Warships news. Uh, in that department, there's not really much, uh, save for the release of Waterline, which is, if you remember that... Uh, kind of description of like what's going to happen in uh, World of Warships uh, in the coming months. Uh, so they've uh, released kind of a summary of what's going to happen in 2023. So they have uh, what's already been done in late 2022 and 20, early 2023. Um, so we have the American German submarines in the tech tree. We have Japanese light cruisers, super ships in the tech tree. Halloween, uh, the Halloween event is actually how far they're considering this window of time to be. Um, that Greek ship, the Velios Adventure, uh, it's that Greek Fu or Greek Fuso, Greek Fletcher, uh, the implementation of the Battle Pass, the graphics update. Uh, in winter 2023, we're midway through this. Uh, we have the U.S. hybrid battleships, uh, Lunar New Year, uh, airship escort being reintroduced, the introduction of. Um, is it? Uh, oh, actually, no. That's that's as far as we've gotten. So next is gonna, after this is going to be, uh, according to them, the introduction of British submarines, uh, the introduction of new unique upgrades. Uh, British uh, submarines, uh, by the way, have um, uh, they are uh, very stealthy uh, and even more so than uh, normal submarines. Uh, acoustic homing torpedoes uh, is the only type of homing torpedoes that they have. So. Uh, they also have a uh, large count per salvo but re and reload very quickly for the torpedoes, but they have low damage. Uh, tier 6 and Tier 8 are armed with 76mm uh, secondary gun. Thrasher Tier 10 is armed with 102mm main gun that can be directly controlled, and they fire sap shells, so this could be uh, interesting. Uh, they enjoy high dive capacity, but their maneuverability is very low. They'll be able to stay underwater for a long time. Oh, that's not going to be annoying. Uh, however, it'll be difficult for them to quickly change direction or retreat if spotted. And you should. And I'm literally reading off the blog here. Uh, you should be able to. Especially, you should be especially careful when attacking enemy ships because HP pools in these numerous new submarines are, are small, even compared to submarines of other nations. Uh, so only twenty thousand hit points. Question mark. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Uh, airship escort uh, is a temporary battle type now. Um, uh, so yeah, um, so it says it's no secret that we regularly test new mechanics and temporary modes with an eye on introducing them into the game on a permanent basis, and this is also the case for Airship Escort. If updated, um, if the updated mode performs well this year, Airship Escort will most likely be a prime candidate to be introduced into random battles in the future. So 
there's a lot of varied opinions on this. Uh, Airship Escort is no doubt very popular. Black people enjoy it. I, I actually enjoy it now as well. However, a lot of people are saying that they don't necessarily want it in random battles. They want it as more like an operation type, just another battle mode that they can go to if, I don't know, random battles are frustrating in them or something like that, just to allow some steam in close quarters combat, which I see as a valid perspective. However, I, and it's this perspective shared by some of my friends, although I don't really share this perspective. I, I mean, I don't really care. I mean, it's not really a much of a problem to me if they introduce into random battles. I mean, it'd be nice if, it'd be, maybe it'd be nice if there, if it was a different mode, but I mean, uh, I mean, I share that with the, uh, arms race as well. Um, but you know, it got introduced arms race really isn't too broken because everyone, uh, has boosts and things like that. So I, I don't imagine that this would be too broken as a random battle either. Although there are certainly a lot of ships that would not, that perform very well in, uh, this type of battle in airship escort that in certain type of ships like torpedo boats and things like that, that really do not, or not torpedo boats, but, um, uh, like DPM based ships like Forrest Sherman, Harugamo, you know, uh, things like that, that really don't do that well. They don't have a high alpha strike. They need time to do their damage, which isn't often given to them due to the fast pace of the battle and things like that. So it doesn't really, it's not as effective as uh, something that's a high alpha strike like a battleship or a torpedo destroyer or something like that. So it just, I guess, it's something that I hope they maybe keep in mind, but you know, whatever. Uh, yep. So uh, Lunar New Year, the kind of flop that that was. Uh, they didn't even, I will still say, they didn't even change the port. Why didn't you change the port? Come on. Like, come on. <sighs> Whatever. Um, yep, so now they have new aircraft carrier branches. Uh, and they um, are going to be the carriers from uneven branches that were removed previously in the game. And I think there was a dev blog about this a while ago. They're going to be that support carrier class. Uh, they said they still haven't figured out the... Um, uh, exact um, specifics of them. When they they think, however, they're going to have uh, some sort of minefield that they're going to be able to be deployed from the aircraft, so it won't be like a direct offensive um, like capabilities, but like something that's more of a passive ability. And then also to have a smoke generator to have the ability to conceal allied ships from an enemy. And no, the ship won't have a smoke generator, the aircraft will. And some people think that this may be like complete BS that they pulled out of their other uh, behinds but no this was an actual thing airdrops smoke screens were an actual thing uh, in world war ii now i don't know if they were used in combat there, but there's actually pictures of in, in training like aircraft using smoke screens like they're, i think they're technically called smoke curtains um to conceal like aircraft carriers like there's a picture of uss lexington being smoked up by a uh, plane that's flying over it. it's dropping a curtain of smoke to obscure the uh, enemies, uh, visibility of the ship. So that's an actual thing. And I really do kind of like that, um, uh, gameplay. However, if they're only if their sole capacity is just like defensive and support class, I don't really know if people would play it. Maybe, maybe there's rewards for smoking enemies up or something like that, but I, I don't really see as they're thinking of it now, maybe a direct way to reward players for playing in such a manner, which would make it so that players who do play those ships are using them not as effectively, which could be frustrating, but we'll give them a chance to figure it out. Um, so they're, uh, they're reworking domination mode, uh, and then so it's just essentially aimed at eliminating extreme situations where battles are way too long or way too short. I, I don't know if battles, they should eliminate situations where battles are too long. I, I quite like it when battles go like down to the wire, but you know, we'll see what they do. Uh, basically, they're reviewing the starting points uh, as well as the number of points credited to one team when withdrawn from the other one when a ship is destroyed. Uh, global combat missions, um, essentially like a joint effort of an entire server to be completed. Um, 
I think kind of like the maybe Carol Clash they've been doing, uh, except it's with the entire server. And uh, yeah, they're they're saying. Um, yeah, it's kind of like an Elite Dangerous. I don't know if anyone plays that game where the whole community works towards a goal, and those and if they reach it, like those who participated get rewarded based on their level of participation, which I, I think is pretty cool. Uh, they're also overhauling the sound again, um, so they're working on new interactive music for submarines. Uh, sounds aircraft and flying shells will be updated. Uh, they're more detailed and higher quality. Sound effects for remote events will be improved. Shots and explosions that occur far from the player will sound more realistic. That I'm really looking forward to because uh, they introduced a, I, I believe the Shikishima's gun sound has a new sound model. I think, don't quote me on this, but I believe so because when it shoots from farther away, it sounds more like the, like the just bang from really, really far away like you'd expect versus like other kinds of explosions just kind of sound like they're right next to you or just kind of sound like an explosion that doesn't really have a specific range to it. So if they can introduce the model for that uh they take some sort of calculation into account that'd be really cool um in spring of 2023 we're looking at uh pan american cruiser branch uh yes so first thing it's going to go all the way from tier one to tier 10 they're already in testing they're looking a bit strong we'll say a little bit strong uh but at least uh most of these are real uh not <laughs> uh, most of them are just rebranded british and american stuff that's kind of it's kind of like the pan asian stuff uh the pan american cruisers so we'll see i mean they're uh they have access to combat instructions they need to hit their target with their main guns a certain amount of times uh blah blah blah, blah. and there's gonna be a second european destroyer branch i thought they were gonna do european cruiser branch but nope european destroyer they're gonna have Tur uh, countries such as turkey norway poland yugoslavia and greece represented uh and six uh ships will be added to the game a moon event strong grom split lambros cut Katonis and Gdansk? I don't know. The last one's Polish, I'm pretty sure. I'll say that. Uh, still under development. Uh, essentially, they're going to be artillery destroyers with the smoke generator from tier 9 to 10. They also have access to surveillance radar, probably uh, as a result of giving up the smoke screen. Uh, they have an engine boost. They'll inflict good damage per salvo, starting from tier 8 or tier 7. The ships enjoy flat trajectory ballistics, enabling to easily shoot accurately in long ranges. Uh, torpedoes of the ship branch are fast, but their number per salvo is small. Compared to the first branch of European destroyers, they inflict higher damage, but have a shorter range. And uh, the modes for launching torpedoes are standard, which is wide and narrow. At tier 7, the sh new ships become significantly faster, and from tier 8, they enjoy large HP pools. However, their AA defenses are not strong, and their concealment is mediocre. What? Interesting quirks. I'm interested to see that line. It doesn't seem super overpowered. Uh, this spring, Spanish Cruisers branch will be released for closed testing. This will be the first full-fledged full Spanish branch in the game. At the moment, it's too early to speak about the con ship concept or sh specific characteristics. But their primary feature will be the ability to fire a series of salvos, rather, and their caliber of guns will increase from 120 millimeters at low tiers, which is very small, to 254 millimeters at tier 10. So I think the the uh, top tier one's going to be some sort of British ship. I, I think actually a lot of these are probably going to be British ships because that's where the Spanish typically got a lot of their designs from. Uh, maybe some Italian ones in there. Uh, maybe the tier 10 will be like a, a Spanish uh, Napoli. Huh. We'll see. Uh, two new super ships, Nova, Nova, Nova Seabrisk uh, and Devastation, will be put into closed testing. Uh, they will continue the branches of Petropavlovsk and Conqueror. As if Petropavlovsk needed a super ship. Petropavlovsk is the super ship. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. And then, and Devastation is, oh, that's going to be insane. Could you imagine something better than Conqueror?
Oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God, Dutch. Please help me. Oh, no. <laughs> Just get set, like, four fires in one go. A series. Uh, could you imagine, like, 20k high explosive salvos? Oh, my God. Or something with more insane penetration than Petro Pavlosk. Like, literally, like just smacking uh grossakurfers for half their health from like 18 kilometers away jeez uh interesting uh, quirk though halford one of the F fletcher class destroyers will be released for close testing her primary feature is the availability of an aircraft catapult she'll be the first hybrid destroyer in our game and some of people will proceed to tr throw their monitors out of the window at this and before you do that i will remind you that if you look up uss halford it did exist in and it did have a aircraft catapult. In World War II, three Fletcher-class destroyers were modified by removing the, uh, what is it, uh, X-turret? No, Z-turret, I think. I think Z-turret, Z or Q-turret, one of the two. Um, was uh, the Q-turret and the torpedo tube, I think? Yeah, so Q and torpedo tube, they were removed uh, in favor of putting an aircraft catapult in, and this was just an observation plane. It was usually, I believe it was usually used to augment their role of, as a radar picket, so this may just be a spotting plane uh, destroyer. It may, I don't know, maybe it'll have offensive capabilities. We'll see. So it could end up something like Katoria, tier, at tier 3, just has a fighter aircraft. Or it could end up as something like the Issei, where it actually has offensive capabilities. Uh, I imagine it'll only be one aircraft, though, so it'll probably just have a really, like, high amount of health and be able to drop, like, I don't know, four rockets or something like that. Or at least I hope, because, you know, you, sh you would never be able to fit more than one aircraft on the uh, destroyer hull, so we'll see. Uh, West Virginia, 1944. Um, in a message uh, to our community published in September 2021, we promised to release West Virginia 44 in 2023. We're now ready to confirm that ship will release be released for closed testing this spring. Just shows you how long it actually takes them to actually go from concept to actual model and design of a ship. It does actually take wargaming a decent amount of time uh, because of how much effort the art department puts into building these things. So, uh, new dockyard will be in spring of 2023. Uh, we're going to have the Tier 9 battleship. Yes, Tier 9 battleship, another one of them. And another Japanese Tier 9 battleship. This will be the second dockyard Japanese Tier 9 battleship. It's going to be called the Dyson. Uh, it's going to be laid down this spring. It's a fast battleship armed with powerful artillery and torpedoes, according to Wargaming. Uh, she inherited a number of archaic features from the projects developed in the 1910s, including the placement of secondary guns and casemates. That's kind of interesting. Uh, the battleship is notable for accurate main, uh, main battery guns, but a number of those guns are small. Uh, or the number of those guns is small. Not, the guns aren't small. Uh... Her uh, armament also includes torpedo launchers with long-range torpedoes that inflict massive damage. The battleship is very fast, but has a large turning circle radius. I'm assuming it's basically a battle cruiser. Uh, they're also going to implement repeat entry, entry in the battle with the same ship, so essentially you won't have to wait until the other battle ends that you're in to use your ship again. Uh, you can just start a new battle right away. That'll be interesting. Also, there's going to be April Fool's Day map and a Seychelles map. Um, so that's going to be interesting. Uh, it was released for closed testing. It's the summer of 2022. Uh, and so, yeah, it's, it's just another map. Uh, improvement of the equipment window. And uh, there's gonna be notifications for players in the port. Uh, for players in the port updated. Uh, a number of improvements will make notifications more structured and informative. 
uh, settings menu will also be updated, interface design will become more convenient, and uh, settings will be stored on the server, and will easily able to add new settings when necessary thanks to the under the bonnet improvements, whatever that means, not really sure, uh, so yeah, interesting. I guess take what you will from that. Some people like it, some people really hate it. So, um, I mean, I feel like there's a decent variety of things that are happening in the next update, or I guess in the coming updates. So, I mean, not everyone's going to like everything that they're doing. I think there's some things that no, that they're doing that no one will like, but there are some things in there that they're doing that I think a lot of people will like, like adding Spanish cruisers, uh, adding new European destroyers, and maybe the Pan American cruisers. Hopefully they nerf them appropriately and don't make them as overpowered as Louisiana is. Um, yeah, and they're adding the new uh, way to enter with a ship that's uh, re-enter a battle with a ship that's already been sunk, which is a really good idea, and I think a lot of people are like that. That's a real big quality of life update, and they're adding a new map, so I, I don't think it's, like, overall too bad. I mean, it's probably a net neutral. There are some things in here that I'll admit are definitely being added that definitely need to be looked at and ensure that they don't break the game. Uh, I'm looking at you, Nova Brisk, and Devastation. Uh, I feel like those could very easily break the game if not managed correctly, and uh, Wargaming doesn't exactly have the best ma record with managing things correctly, although they have been improving lately. Uh, I just, I don't think... I hope they really nerf them appropriately, because these hybrid battleships for the USA are grossly overpowered, so... Yeah, I'm not excited when people start getting, uh, more and more people start getting their hands on them. Uh, it's going to be, definitely going to be spammed, that's for sure. So, uh, we'll, we'll see how this goes. Anyways, let's get into the history of the Fuso. So, the Fuso was the lead ship of her class of battleships. Uh, it was one of the first battleships construct one one of the first battleships constructed by the Imperial Japanese Navy. It was a, another ship that definitely went underwent a transformation from what it was uh, when it was launched to what it is was when it um, entered World War II. Uh, they look nothing alike. Um, so yeah, uh, Fuso is named for Fusang, which is a classical name for Japan. It refers to Japan as like a tree. It was it was the early way that the Chinese used to describe Japan, um, and it's usually the Fusang tree is like a, a mythical uh, mythological tree of life. Uh, it's usually described as a mulberry or a mulberry or hibiscus tree. Um, yeah, really kind of interesting. The Japanese are really they have really kind of cryptic names for their ships usually, and if you actually decode what it means, it's usually quite beautiful actually. Um, so or usually described as being quite beautiful. But, um, so, uh, it was laid down at the Kerr Naval Arsenal, or Kerr Naval Arsenal, on the 11th of March, 1912. It was launched on the 28th of March, 1914, commissioned on 8th of November, 1915, and, uh, yeah. So, it weighed 29,330 long tons standard, or 35,900 long tons full load, and had a length of 630 feet and 3 inches at the... Uh, the waterline, which is 192.1 meters, or 665 feet overall, which is 202.7 meters. The beam is 28.7 meters, or 94 feet 2 inches. The draft is 8.7 uh, meters, which is 28 feet 7 inches, which is actually a pretty shallow draft for a ship as large as the Fuso. I had installed po uh, power of 24 Mayahara water tube boilers, which is gonna, kind of interesting because that would make it one of the first Japanese ships uh, powered by boilers that are domestically manufactured. It's kind of interesting. She was a bit underpowered, though. She only had 40,000 shaft horsepower. Uh, she had four shafts, two steam, steam turbine sets, which was quite modern for the time that she was built. She could make a speed of 23 knots, had a range of 8,000 nautical miles at 14 knots, which is a bit slow, but still respectable for one of the first domestically uh, constructed 
uh, Japanese ships ever. Uh, she had a speed of, uh, or no, I already said that. She had a complement of 1,198 uh, crew members. Her armament consisted of six twin 356mm or 14-inch guns, 16 single 152mm or 6-inch guns, three 533mm torpedo tubes which were fixed and submerged. Uh, she had a waterline belt, as far as armor is concerned, of 229 to 305mm or 9 to 12 inches. The deck was 32 to 51mm or 1.3 to 2.0 inches. The gun turrets had 229 to 279mm of armor or 9 to 11 inches of armor. The barbettes had 203 to 305mm of armor, which is at 8 to 12 inches. And the conning tower had 351mm of armor or 13.8 inches. So, Japanese armor, yep, typically not very strong, especially compared to... Uh, other contemporaries of similar types. Obviously, their battlecruisers aren't going to be very well armored because they're battlecruisers, but the Japanese also didn't really armor their battleships as well, uh, instead choosing for more offensive capabilities rather than defensive capabilities. Um, yeah, that was its characteristics as built. Uh, in, in 1944, the displacement was increased to 34,700 long tons. Uh, the, the ship was lengthened to 898 feet overall. The beam uh, was 108 feet 7 inches, and the draft was increased to 31 feet 10 inches. The installed power consisted of six water tube boilers for 75,000 shaft horsepower. Propulsion consisted of four steam turbines. She could make an increased speed of 24.5 knots. She had a range of 11,800 nautical miles and a faster and pretty impressive 16 knots. And she had a complement of approximately 1,900. Uh, she did carry one Type 21 air search radar, two Type uh, 13 air early warning radar, and two Type 22 surface search radar. Uh, her armament was largely comparable, except the number of 152mm guns was reduced to 14. The number of, uh, and it was added, or many guns were added, including uh, four twin 127mm AA guns, uh, eight triple, six twin, and 23 single 25mm AA guns, which were those really ineffective Japanese 25mm. Uh, the deck had an increased armor plating, uh, which was, or the deck had its armor plating increased by more than 100mm in some places, going from 31 to or 32 to 51 millimeters to 51 to 152 millimeters and uh, a catapult was added uh, that could carry up to three float planes uh, there was no there was no hangar added however so they would just have to be kept on the deck um, so yes this was uh, Fuso very effective battleship uh, in the conventional uh, sense like a conventional warship on warship engagement but uh, arguably not super effective in most other uh, ways, especially the modern battlefield or, or the modern battlefield in World War II, which consisted of mostly aircraft carrier combat. So, uh, when Fuso was commissioned, uh, she was under the command of Captain Kozo Sato, and the ship did not take any part in combat in World War I, as there were no longer any forces of the Central Power in Asia by the time that she was completed, and she merely patrolled off the coast of China during that time. The ship served as a flagship of the 1st Division during uh, 1917 and 1918, and during the ship's period in reserve 1918, five 76.2mm anti-aircraft guns were installed as it was viewed that aircraft were an increasing threat uh, to the Navy. And then uh, she aided survivors of the Great Kanto Earthquake between uh, the 9th and uh, 22nd of September 1923, and Captain Matsusuma Yoni assumed command on... Uh, and, or Yonai, I think yes, Yonai, uh, assumed command on the 1st of July, 1924, and then it was relieved on the 1st of November by Captain uh, Sang Sankichi Takahashi. 
Man, Takahashi is kind of a common Japanese name, apparently. Hmm. Uh, and in the 1920s, Fuso conducted a training off of China and was often placed in reserve. Uh, th this was kind of the Japanese Navy, uh, especially during the 1920s, just in and out of reserve uh, until the uh, naval treaties required that some of their older battleships were to be scrapped. And the first phase of the ship's uh, modernization began on the 12th of April, 1930, at the Yokosuka Naval Arsenal. Uh, machinery was replaced, armor was reinforced, and torpedo bulges were fitted for the first time. And so, Fusa arrived on 26th of September, 1932, to the Kure, uh, Kure Naval Arsenal, or Kure Naval Arsenal, where her armament was upgraded and her torpedo tubes were removed, as they were seen by the Japanese Navy correctly, as pretty much useless and just extra weight. Her sea trials began on the 12th of May, 1933, and the second phase of her modernization began less than a year later. The ship's stern was lengthened and the work was completed in March 1935. Captain Jinshi Kurosaka was assigned to command from November 1935 to December 1936. After sporadic use for training in the next two years, Fuso was assigned to, as a training ship in 1936 and 1937. Uh, as the Japanese did have kind of a, a larger navy than was totally necessary uh, at this point in time, although they were building up to, you know, like, attack the United States, um and China, or in bombard China as well, as China at this point did not really have a navy, or at least much of a navy at all. Uh, in fact, it was uh, in a political civil war and uh, being attacked by the Japanese in the Second Sino-Japanese War. Uh, Fusil began her second phase of uh, modernization on the 26th of, of, of September of February 1937, and Captain Horiako Abe was assigned to command on the 1st of December. Uh, he was relieved by Captain Rujaro Fu Fujiata, or Fuji, Fujiata, uh, or Fujita, I don't know, uh, on the 1st of April 1938, the day after this phase of uh, modernization was completed. The ship again was assigned to the 1st Division of the 1st Fleet on the 15th of November, and she was operated in Chinese waters in early 1939 before the second phase of her second modernization uh, began on the 12th of December 1940. This was completed on the 10th of April 1941, and Fusa was assigned to the 2nd Division of the 1st Fleet. And, uh, yeah, so when Captain Matsuto Kainoshika was assigned to command on the 15th of September, the division consisted of two Fuso-class and two Ise-class battleships. And on the 10th of April 1941, uh, Fuso was reassigned, and when the war started for Japan on the 8th of December, the division, reinforced by the battleships Nagato and Mutsu, the light carrier uh, Hosho, uh, sortie from Harajima to the Bonin Islands as distant support for the first air fleet attacking Pearl Harbor, and then returned six days later. On the 21st of February 1942, and you can tell, <laughs> you can see not a whole lot happened in the war between like December and February, or December 1941 and February 1942. Uh, it was kind of a phony war, more or less. I mean, there, there was various skirmishes and things like that, but the vast majority of both sides' forces didn't really engage each other. Only the frontline forces really engaged, as the, both militaries were still kind of mobilizing. Uh, of course, there are exceptions to this, but both militaries, militaries were still kind of mobilizing, so they did have a lot of forces still kind of in reserve. Um... Uh, and uh, on the 20, so on the 21st of February 1942, the ship returned to the shipyard at Curry to replace her gun barrels, departing on the 25th of February. Yes, gun barrels did wear out quite quickly. In fact, after a battle in World of Warships, every one of those ships that was used would either have gun barrels that were blocked and not or not blocked, but that were not working properly uh, because they had been worn out of shape by excessive use, or would just have to replace their gun barrels uh, because they had reached their lifetime. Uh, gun barrels, because of the stress of naval guns, did not really have a long lifetime. Uh, 
Yeah, so uh, together with the rest of the 2nd uh, Battleship Division, she pursued, but did not catch, the American carrier force that had launched the Doolittle Raid on 18th of April, 1942. Fuso and the rest of the 2nd Battleship uh, Division set sail on the 28th of May, 1942, to, uh, with the Aleutian Island Support Group at the same time that most of the Imperial fleet began an attack on Midway Island. Uh, commanded by Vice Admiral Shiro Takatsu, the division composed of Jap Japan's four oldest battleships, including Fuso, accompanied by two light cruisers, 12 destroyers, and two oilers. Official records do not show the division as part of a larger midway operation known as Operation AL. They were to accompany the fleet under Admiral Isoroku Yamamoto, but only provide support to the Aleutian Task Force if necessary. Um... Yeah, so she was spared from the horrendous defeat that was the uh, Battle of Midway. She was spared from any damage by that. So on the 14th of June, 1942, Fuso returned to Yokosuka and arrived back at Harishi... 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 I don't even know. It starts with an H. It's a, probably a Japanese port. Hesharajima? Hesharajima. Yeah, we'll go with that. Uh, on the 24th of June. In an effort to replace the aircraft carriers lost in the Battle of Midway, the Navy made plans to convert the two Fuso-class battleships to hybrid battleship carriers, but the two Issei-class battleships were chosen instead, likely because they were a bit more modern. The ship was assigned to the Imperial Japanese uh, Naval Academy at, at Ujijatma, Hiroshima, for use as a training ship between 15th of November, 15th of November 1942 and the 15th of January 1942. Captain Keizoro Kormura was assigned to command on the 5th of December and was relieved by Captain Nobumuchi Tasakura, or Tasuruka, yeah, on the 1st of, on the 1st of June in 1943. Uh, seven days later, Fuso rescued 353 survivors from the Mutsu from the Mutsu when the ship exploded at Hasharajima. So, I guess I gotta look more into that. I'm assuming it's some sort of magazine detonation. Let's check this out. Oh, yep, it was in a magazine explosion in the number three turret, and only 300 or so survivors, or, yeah, just over 300 survivors. Yeah, 353 survivors uh, survived that uh, explosion. Very tragic loss of life for the uh, Imperial Japanese Navy. Uh, between the 18th and 24th of July 1943, the ship was at Kerr Dry Dock for the fitting of radar and additional 25mm AA guns. And the Fuso sailed from the Inland Sea on the 18th of August for the truck naval base carrying supplies and arrived five days later. The Japanese had intercepted American radio traffic that suggested an attack on Wake Island. On October 17th, the Fuso and the bulk of the First Fleet sailed from Inetowak, or Inayawitok, to be in position to intercept any such attack. When the fleet arrived on the 19th and departed four days later, and then arrived at Truk on the 26th of October, uh, I imagine that was a radio spoof because of uh, yeah, the cunning Allied intelligence. Usually, they would put out some, you know, like fake plans uh, on a more on an encrypted radio channel, but one that was not encrypted that well, or one that they knew that the Japanese knew how to decrypt. Uh, and then they would uh, suggest some battle plans. The Japanese would prepare all their forces for those battle plans, but the bat real battle plans would actually be different and uh, then would result in a uh, more probable Allied victory. Um, and on the 1st of February 1944, Fuso departed truck with Nagato to avoid an American air raid and arrived at Poalu on the 4th of February. They left on the 16th of February to escape another air raid, just dodging air raids apparently. Uh, the ships arrived on the 21st of February at uh, Linga Island, and Fusu was employed there as a training ship. 
A week later, Captain Masing Muban relieved Tusukura. Uh, the ship refitted at Singapore between the 13th and 27th April and returned to Linga. Uh, she was transferred to Tawi Tawi. <laughs> Man, some of these names, dude, they're just... Pacific Islander languages are just so interesting. Uh, Tawi Tawi on the 11th of May and provided cover for the convoy that failed to reinforce Bayak Island at the end of the month. Fuso transferred to Tarkin Island off Borneo to refuel early in July before returning to Japan once again and escaping an attack by the submarine Promfet, which was a Beilao-class submarine. Uh, in early August, Akira, she was refitted with additional radars and light AA guns, uh, much in vain as the Japanese AA defenses were inadequate for such uh, times on the aircraft they were facing. Fuso and her sister ship were transferred to Battleship Division 2 of the 2nd Fleet on the 10th of September, and Fuso became the flagship of the, of the division under command of Vice Admiral Shoujo Nishimura on the 23rd of September. They departed Kira on the 23rd of September, once again for Leninga. Uh, escaping attack by the submarine pa Palace? Palace? What is this? Is British? Another Baylock-class submarine. Uh, probably named after some fish, I would imagine. Uh, it's named after... No, it doesn't say. Oh, uh, yeah, as American flatfish, a summer flounder. Uh, palace, pice, pice, plice. I don't know. Flatfish, uh, named so yeah, all Baylaw class submarines named after fish. Uh, it arrived on uh, the fourth of October, uh, where Nishimura transferred his flag to Yamashiro, and the ships then transferred to Bernays or in to refuel in preparation for Operation Shogo, attempt to destroy the American fleet conducting the invasion of Leyte. Now we arrive at the Battle of Suriago Strait. Commanded by the Rear Admiral Masami Ban, Fusa left Brunei at 15.30 hours on, uh, on October 22, 1944, a part of Nashimura's southern forest, heading east in Sulu Sea, and then northeast in the Mindano <laughs> Sea, attending to enjoy Vice Admiral Takeo Kurita's force in the Leyte Gulf, or in the Leyte Gulf. Uh, the force passed west of Mindaro Island into Suriago Strait, where it met a large force of battleships and cruisers lying in wait. The Battle of Suriago Strait became the southernmost action in the Battle of Leyte Gulf. At 0908 hours, in, on the 20, morning of the 24th of October, Fusho, Yamashiro, and the heavy cruiser Mogami spotted a group of 27 planes, including Grumman TBF torpedo, Avenger torpedo bombers, Curtis SB-2C Helldiver dive bombers, Escorted by Grumman S6F Hellcat fighters from the aircraft carrier Enterprise, a bomb from one of them destroyed the catapult and both float planes on Fuso. Another bomb hit the ship near Turret 2 and penetrated the decks, killing everyone in the number one secondary battery, and the ship began to list two degrees to starboard. The early next morning, Fuso opened fire at, a, oh, at around 1 in the morning after a shape was spotted off the port bow. Uh, that turned out to be Mogami. Um, Fuso's fire killed three sailors in the ship's sick bay. Yeah, good thing they didn't open fire with the main guns, otherwise that would be very bad. Uh, remember, this was before IFS systems or Identify Friend or Foe systems were really developed. In fact, if the numerous amounts of friendly fire incidents that occurred in uh, World War II, such as, I believe the San Francisco firing on the Atlanta actually sank the Atlanta, um, was one of the huge incidents that sparked the need, like, okay, we need to have some sort of system where we can full, uh, identify our friends in a foolproof way from our enemies and have that not be spoofed by the enemies. Um, so one or two torpedoes, possibly fired by the destroyer Melvin, hit Fuso amidships 
at the starboard on the starboard side uh melvin by the way is a fletcher class destroyer at three in the morning on the 25th of october she listed to starboard slowed down and fell out of formation some japanese and american eyewitnesses later claimed that fuso broke in half and that both halves remained afloat and burning for over an hour but they specifically mentioned only the size of the fire on the water, not any details of the ship. Historian John Tolan agreed in 1970 that Fuso had broken into, but according to historian Anthony Tully in 2009, survivors' accounts uh, and the USS Hutchins reports describe the sinking uh, and events at odds with the conventional record, one that seems far removed from the spectacle of invariably alleged huge magazine explosion in a blossom laid at 0338 that supposedly blew the battleship in half. Fusa was torpedoed as a result of progressive flooding, upended, and capsized within 40 minutes. Fusa sank between 3.38 in the morning and 3.50 in the morning, uh, releasing a large quantity of oil which ignited on the surface as she went down. Only a few dozen men survived the ra rapid sinking and subsequent oil fire. So yeah, if you survived the explosions and stuff on Fuso, that was fine. Hope you like fire, bucko. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. Holy man. Uh, burning in... I can't imagine the fate of burning in petrol uh like or in th thick fuel oil uh in the water because it, it floats it's thick it's sticky it burns it smells bad it burns your eyes and skin uh both chemically and uh with heat um yeah so that that uh, chemically and physically yeah that's just that's that's a nasty way to die holy man and, and then of course the people who don't know how to swim are drowning in it and then they're breathing and they're taking that into their lungs and, and part of it's on fire and oh god that's crazy there's evidence that some of these were rescued by the destroyer Asagarmo, uh which it itself was actually sunk a short time later that's an asashio class destroyer it is also possible that some who escaped the sinking reached Leyte only to be killed by filipinos as it was known to have happened to survivors from other japanese warships sunk in the battle of suriago strait oh my god they were just they were literally out of the frying pan into the fire so you either went on the ship that sank later or you went ashore and were killed by Filipinos. So, yeah. Ten crew members are known to have survived, all of whom returned to Japan. The total number of casualties is estimated to be over 1,600 sailors. 1,620, to be precise. Uh, Fuso was later removed from the Navy list almost a year later, on the 31st of August, 1945, which was after the formal Japanese surrender, uh, or just around the Japanese surrender. So, yeah. That... <laughs> Yep, they were keeping that on their uh, naval register for propaganda purposes, for sure. Even the ship, even though the ship was at the bottom of the ocean somewhere in the Philippines, um, yeah, the the wreck would not be discovered until 2017. Actually, the RV Petrol uh, uh, discovered that, and it's uh, actually owned by the estate of Microsoft co-founder Paul Allen. Um, yeah, interesting. Uh, it was lying upside down in 607 feet of water and is in one piece on the seabed. So it's clearly did, clearly didn't break in half, uh, because the wreck's in one piece. Um, the hull is broken amidships, but it is not, uh, actually splitting along amidships. And that's simply from the impact with the bottom. Uh, the pagoda mass that actually broke off during the sinking is some distance away from the wreck. Uh, the RV Petrol, by the way, is the, is a main feature ship of a ship called Drain the Oceans. It's on Disney+. Plus. I highly recommend it to you, uh, those of you who have Disney+, Plus available in your countries, or have a subscription to it, or I should say, and have a subscription to it. Uh, it's a very interesting show, and there is a whole episode on the, uh, Fuso. Or not a whole episode, but there is a significant portion of an episode de dedicated to the Fuso and the actual discovery of this wreck. So that's the, that's it for Fuso, uh, at least it's historical, uh, 
historical life, and now we'll begin looking at its life in World of Warships. And I will say I am going to slightly gloss over this ship just a little bit um, as far as how to play it, um, just because it is so similar to the Congo. Uh, the only difference being that it is not as fast, so you can't extend onto the flanks as much, so you're typically going to go in between caps or just kind of support your team from a mid-range distance, as most Japanese battleships specialize in. And we're going to read stats assuming that you've researched all the equipment, uh, but don't have any upgrades or captain skills or anything like that. So it's fully kitted out as far as like anything you can research for, for uh, XP. That includes fire control mod, although you don't necessarily need to take it because the range is 19 kilometers, but some people really do like engaging with the Fuso from a long range. And Fuso is kind of one of those ships where you can do that just because of the sheer amount of guns and the decent accuracy that the guns have at 21 kilometers. It's only a dispersion of 242 meters. So, yeah, I mean, it's not that uh, range mod or the equipment uh, is not necessary. Uh, you have a Type 6 uh, Mod 1 fire control tower from uh, like the base ship and you can upgrade it to a type 6 mod 2 uh, so not totally necessary if you just want to save on the XP but definitely if you're playing this ship for a long time like not grinding through it uh, is something you'd want to equip so we have those 6x2 uh, 6 turrets with 2 guns each 356mm 45 caliber 41st year type in a twin turret uh, and those guns are going to have a range of 21.81 kilometers they'll have a reload time of a pretty zippy 28 seconds which is pretty good for the tier that's two seconds slower than normal uh i believe new mexico starts out at like 31 i think uh if i uh remember correctly and i could just pull actually just pull it up real quick here uh new mexico starts out at uh 34 seconds oh my god god that ship was horrific <laughs> oh man that ship was so horrific to play i i'm sorry for anyone has to go through playing new mexico i hated that ship so much yeah, so 28 second reload, way better DPM. 180 degree turn time, however, an abysmal 56.25 seconds. Uh, the accuracy is, is uh, interesting, we'll say. It has good accuracy, however, the Sigma does make the ship rather inconsistent, as the Sigma is only 1.5. That's the same Sigma that Pomern has. Pomern's a German battleship. German battleship's not known for the accuracy. So, yeah. The maximum dispersion, however, isn't too bad. It's 242 meters at 21 kilometers. Not bad for the tier. Uh, that's horizontal verticals, only 193 meters, which is a little bit longer than I think we'd really like to see. Usually, like to see it around 150, but you know, it, it works. Uh, raw DPM for the HE shell, which is 356 millimeter HE Type 0 shell. It's going to be 146,571 base. Maximum damage of 5,700. Initial shell velocity of 805 meters a second. Shell weight of 625 kilograms. Uh, it has a 4 meter depth explosion and 59 millimeters of penetration. Yes, this is basically a Goliath, um, except in a battleship form. Uh, HD penetration, like I said, 59 millimeters. Burn probability is going to be 25%, which is uh, really not great. I mean, for the tier, I don't think it's that bad. You know, it's pretty bad. Yeah, it's not great. It's definitely not characteristically Japanese. Uh, but you do have four. Uh, you do have twelve guns. So yeah, I mean it, it all evens out. You have a ninety-six point eight percent chance of causing a fire, assuming all your shells hit in a single salvo, and you'll cause about two fires a minute. Uh, the AP shells is a three hundred fifty-six millimeter AP Type ninety-one shell. Uh, has a raw DPM of two hundred and sixty-two thousand two hundred and eighty-six. The maximum damage is a decent ten thousand two hundred. The shell velocity is a bit slower at seven hundred seventy-five meters a second. Uh, the shell weight is uh, 674 kilograms. The ricochet is a standard 45 to 60 ricochet uh, spectrum. 
The depth, depth explosion is only 2 meters, overmatch is 24 millimeters, threshold is 59 millimeters as far as arming is concerned, and the fuse timer is 0 0.033 seconds. And the aiming sector, it varies from very good to very bad because there's a lot of turrets. The aiming, uh, in general, aiming backwards, uh, kiting way is going to result in a better firing angle uh, than aiming forwards but uh, or towards the bow. But, you know, I mean, I suppose this ship does do a lot of kiting, so that is quite nice, although uh, it varies so much by turrets. Some turrets have very, very good firing angles, and others really have terrible firing angles, so uh, it really depends. Um, airstrike is going to be your standard bomb airstrike. It's going to have a range, uh, as far as a uh, depth charge bomb airstrike, it's going to have a range of 8 kilometers. I feel like it's insufficient for the tier, but, you know, that's it's standard. Secondary armament is a joke, so I'm not even going to go over it. AA, literally negligible it does have flak which is nice there's only two of them though and they only do a thousand damage they have a reload of five seconds which is a lot it only has far near AA. it doesn't have uh, medium range auras which is really what brings the ship down and the near AA only does 150 dps so yeah <laughs> and it doesn't even start firing until 2.5 kilometers in which case most ships most uh uh, aircraft types, except for dive bombers, have already let their payloads go. So yeah, those skip bombers, they can get you from like literally 2.5 kilometers away. So it doesn't matter. Your ship, your AA guns will start firing as soon as they drop their payloads and leave. So yeah, it's useless. The AA is literally negligible. Uh, survivability, 57,100 hit points, which I believe is pretty decent for the tier. Uh, I mean. 60,000 would be nice, but 57,000 I feel like is sufficient for the ship. I didn't really have any problems with that. Uh, fire is standard at 60 seconds, which will do uh, 10,278 uh, damage. Uh, flooding is standard. It'll do 11,000 damage. So, yes, fire and flooding is always a big issue for the Japanese battleships. The uh, damage reduction for torpedoes, however, is 34%, which is pretty decent, uh, for especially for the tier. Uh, concealment, however, is absolutely abysmal. Literally abysmal. There is... You can see this thing from the ISS, like, easily. Uh, the concealment here is 18.33 kilometers base. And most people don't improve that, so... Yeah, you'll be seen from the moon. Uh, yeah. It, it, some blind people can see the Fuso. Uh, that's how large it is. Um, yeah, you'll be seeing one on fire from 20 kilometers away. After firing main battery guns and smoke, you'll be seen from a mere 17.18 kilometers away. Uh, and in the air, you'll be seen from 9 kilometers away, which I'll remind you is larger than a lot of ships' concealment ranges from the surface. This thing is <laughs> it's horrific. However, the maximum speed is 24.5 knots, which for tier 6 is is decent, actually. It's actually quite middle of the road. Uh, you have things like Lyon and stuff, uh, and Bayern, and uh, what's, it? Uh, what's it, tier 6? Jeez, uh, why can I not think of the tier 6 um, Soviet battleship? God, freaking uh, Ismail, Ismail. Uh, yes, that's going to have, I think, a 29-knot top speed, if I remember correctly, uh, as it is a battle cruiser. Yes, 28.5-knot top speed. So it's, they're not, it's not fast, don't get me wrong, but it's not super slow. Turning circle radius is pretty decent at, uh, for a ship this large. It's 740 meters. The motor shift time is also pretty good, only 14.9 seconds. 
And then you have standard damage con, standard heal, and standard spotter aircraft. So really nothing special with these cons uh, with these consumables. As far as the build's concerned, we're going to go main armaments mod 1, then we're going to go damage control system modification 1, then we're going to go aiming systems modification 1, and then we're going to go damage control systems modification 2, just to reduce the duration of those fires. As far as a captain's build, there, there's a pretty wide berth as to where you could take this. Uh, I, some people do emergency or para specialist. I do preventative maintenance a lot as well. Uh, your pick between those. Uh, I find priority targets be useful. However, since the turret traverse is absolutely abysmal, I'm just going to take care of a little bit of that. And uh, so we'll take uh, grease the gears. Uh, we'll take adrenaline rush uh, first. Um, you okay? So I, you could take adrenaline rush first. It's good on this ship because it does only have a 28 uh, second base reload. So that means if you get whittled down to around 50% health, you can expect to have a 25 second reload on the Fuso, which is very powerful. Uh, however, a lot of people do like to take basics of survivability. So for now, we'll go with that just because the ship does have uh, does need help with its fires and floods. Uh, then we're gonna tape emergency repair experts. And I know this is deviating from the norm, as a lot of people do like to take concealment expert. However, we're dealing with a ship with an 18-kilometer concealment base, which is abysmal, obviously. Uh, so yeah. And then after you come back, we're going to take a drill and rush first. Then we're going to take concealment expert. And then uh, we're going to take a priority target, just so we can uh, get an idea of how overextended we are or not, and how likely we are to die. Uh, if you get overextended the ship, by the way, you're, you're going to die. There's no, uh, there's no way around it. So do be very careful to get, not get overextended in this ship because it does take a lot of damage. Uh, I believe it is coated in 32, so or not 32. It's coated in uh, armor that allows it to be uh, farmed by high explosive very easily. Uh, we're gonna take vigilance for our final skill. That's gonna bring our torpedo damage uh, reduction up to a very respectable 41%. Uh, you could take fire prevention experts, uh, that's going to reduce your risk of catching fire by 10%, and ensure you can only have three fires, not four burning. Uh, if you mismanage your damage control so badly that you have four fires burning on you, I feel like you deserve what's coming, though. I mean, the re the reduced chance of catching on fire is, is good. However, I'd rather have, uh, basic survivability adrenaline rush over, uh, fire prevention experts. So, yeah. As far as flags are concerned, we're going to take the magazine flag, Juliet Charlie. We're going to take India Yankee to reduce the fire extinguishing time. That's absolutely essential on this ship. We're going to take the fluttering recovery time, one Juliet Yankee Bissell two, absolutely essential. India Delta, the heel flag, absolutely essential. You can take the speed flag if you want to. Consumable flag is also nice to have, however, not entirely essential. Ramming flag, not entirely essential, nice to have. And then, um, yeah. So that, that's pretty much it for this. Uh, don't bother taking the AA flag because this thing's useless on uh, the Fuso. So yeah, assuming you have down to 50% health, we're actually going to have a 25.54 here. 25.20 second reload with that adrenaline rush skill. Uh, we're going to have fires and floods that only last 34 seconds uh, for fires and 23 seconds for floods, which means that the fire will only do 5,941 damage over this whole duration, and the flood will only do 6,601 damage, which is not negligible, but, like, 
A single armor-piercing penetration will do more than that. So, uh, on average, uh, if you take a salvo from another battleship, that it'll do more damage than that fire, which is very nice to have. Our heal will now uh, have a 30.8 second action time, reload time at just 73 seconds, and HP per second of point or not 0.6 with five consumables. Our damage control will have a reload time of 73.7 seconds, which is down from 80, I think, or 90, and a consumable action time of 11 seconds versus 10, which you might not think that extra second does a lot, but when when you're, when you have your damage cone on and someone hits you with the salvo, that little extra second sometimes is just enough to stay on when they catch you with their high explosive shell and it completely eliminate the chance that they set you on fire, which is useful. Um, as far as playing the ship's concerned, uh, I recommend going with my Congo uh, episode. That was, I believe, two episodes ago now. Um, yeah, this ship does play very similar. Just remember that you're not going to go as far out on the flank because you are significantly slower than the Congo, and you won't be able to get back from the other edge of the flank if you get caught out on... Uh, yeah, if you get caught out on that flank, you'll be stuck there without things to shoot at or with too many things to shoot at, either of which not very good for your survival chances or your uh, participation and XP uh, awards. So, yeah, that that's just Fusa for you. Like I said, you're just basically going to loiter around the back of the map or... Okay, not the back of the map, but, like, you're going to loiter between caps. Usually I sit a little bit behind B cap or in between B and C cap or A and B cap. Uh, if you're not in domination mode, just kind of go wherever that the equivalent of that is in your mode, whether it's arms race or uh, standard battle. Uh, yeah, just just sit around there, kind of, like, meander back and forth. Or, or uh, sometimes uh, you'll need to stall in advance, so you just kind of put it in uh, quarter throttle or half throttle and just kind of slowly go away from enemy ships, just firing the whole time. Uh, this ship is very good at long and to medium range. It's decent at close range. The armor around the actual hull and the citadel is pretty good. It's got that weird Japanese geometry, which can be kind of trolly for both you and the enemy sometimes. Uh, I have rolled in Fuso like once or twice when it was absolutely necessary. It wasn't too bad. I would say Amagi is probably the best one in this line to, to, to brawl with just because of its high speed and durable armor, especially with the weird spaced uh, turtle back that it has. But um, this will certainly do good. Um, also, uh, speaking of Amagi and Nagato and stuff, uh, a, a, an achievement that has consistently eluded me throughout my years and years of playing World of Warships is actually Kraken Unleashed. I've up until about three weeks ago, I had never actually gotten a Kraken Unleashed, and it was very—it bothered me very much. And in the past two weeks, I've gotten two Krakens in the Japanese battleships. So yes, Japanese battleships still got it. By the way, one's in Nagato, one was in Amagi. Uh, I'll tell you more about that when I actually get to those ships respectively, which will probably most likely be in the next two episodes as I continue my grind up to Yamato. I will be free exp at the advice of my friends. I will be free expecting Izumo. Uh, just because it's not very, not a very historical ship, and uh, it's not very good. It's not really worth my time. That way, we can do an in-depth uh, episode on Yamato. Um, but yes, back to Fuso. Just in between the caps, stall if they're if they're coming towards you, or push uh, if they're retreating. Uh, don't stay too far out of the flanks. Uh, make sure you're staying in the battle, not getting caught outside the battle, uh, because you will not be able to re-enter the battle because the ship just uh, isn't fast enough. You want to stay in a, in a semi-central position just to ensure that you're uh, consistently getting good results. And I mean, Fuso's really not that hard to play. It's got 12 accurate guns. It's got a decent health pool, decent speed, and pretty much decent everything except for concealment. But who needs concealment when you got 12 guns? Basically, that's the gist of the Fuso. It's like, I have gun. 
It's Fuso for most people is a floating artillery platform. That's pretty much all it is. Uh, I guess you could argue that that's all warships are, but uh, Fuso especially. Most of Fuso is pagoda and gun. That's pretty much it. There's nothing else special about Fuso. It's just lots of gun, and uh, that. It works very well. It's remarkably effective. You should try it. <laughs> Anyways, that's going to be it for today for Ink Amateur. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or suggestions for ships I can do in the future, uh, please feel free to email me at rankamateurpodcast at gmail.com or leave a message below this uh, podcast's page on Anchor. And until next time, captains... 